this is just for anyone with a business, right? Yeah. Do you genuinely like your client? Do right. You genuinely, I know that's like a fucked up question, but it's a valid question. Do you genuinely like your client? A, as a person, B, what about their business? What about their yep. industry? What yep. about their clients? What about, you know, all these things? Do you genuinely love their vision? For me personally, I know that my creativity relies on my passion for other people's business. Yes. Cause you're like in their business. Like you have to basically put on their persona to then create for them, which you, I mean, that can be very, that starts getting like, that's dicey. Yes. When it's not a good match. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or like, I always say, you know, when people say like politics don't belong in business or like you have to be quote professional or you have whatever, whatever. And my feeling is I need, I, I want to know who I'm giving my money to. I want to know who's giving me their money. I want to know those things. That's me personally. People can run their businesses however they want. If you'd like to not know anything about your clients, about other people's businesses, that's totally your decision. My decision is that I want to run an ethics-based, anti-racist, inclusive Mm -hmm. business run from integrity. And in order to do that, I have to walk my talk, do and say the things that I believe in. And then I want to see that from other people and the people who are paying me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that inclusivity for a minute, because it's very easy to fall into the trap of you want to be inclusive. So you feel like you can't say no to people, right? You know, even if it's for the reason that they're not a good fit, you want to be inclusive for whatever reason, you know, race, religion, ethnic, like whatever it is, you want to be inclusive and inclusive can mean many, many different things. Inclusivity doesn't just mean the typical business thing of, oh, we need to, you know, like, which is bullshit. I fucking hate that. But like, you want to be inclusive and help everybody. That's kind of like what I was saying. It's just Mm -hmm. a different term for it and a different perspective on it, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's important to be inclusive within your own boundaries. Yeah. Of whatever and, that is. You know, yes. Yes. And that's, you know, where all these things start tying together because yeah. right. You could say like, I have a very inclusive business. I say yes to everybody when really you're like, but you're excluding your own self. Yeah. You can so, be inclusive, but if you're exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, being inclusive, like for me, part of that is literally just understanding my own privilege of being white passing, hetero, able-bodied, mostly, I mean, you know, brain, like we consider neurodivergency, not necessarily that, but I mean, you know, physically I can get up, I can walk around, I can see, I can hear, I can function in the world as a quote, normal person. And not everyone's going to hold those same identities as me. So that's why sometimes like these coaches, you know, these pretty thin white coaches get up and say like, you know, oh my God, if I can do it, so can you. you. Not necessarily true. Like, yes, everyone quote can do it, but it might take different people. It's like, there's going to, everyone's going to need different things. 
So for me, in the way that I look at my business and use the word inclusivity is like taking that into consideration and doing my best to keep up on, you know, do my own work. And we all Mm -hmm. slip into our experience is our experience, right? So I may be talking to a client that holds, you know, different identities than me. And I kind of Mm -hmm. might forget that certain aspects of their journey is not going to be as quote easy as mine, or their difficulties are going to be different than my difficulties. Yeah. And let's tie this back into marketing a little bit, because in terms of marketing for people who are listening, obviously you most likely run your own business and all these Mm -hmm. things. It might be so goddamn stressful to have to like take all these things into account. So I'm very similar to Elizabeth. I am white. I'm heterosexual. I'm cisgender, like, you know, all these things. And I grew up very privileged. I Mm -hmm. I'm not going to deny that I was an only child. Um, my dad traveled internationally for work. My mom raised me kind of by herself because he was gone so much, but like we were comfortable. We were okay. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I didn't have my own struggles, but like compared to other people, I'm very, very, very privileged. And that's something to acknowledge. And like you just said, like, it's important to remember that like what we associate as our experience, it's easy to get wrapped up in that and assume that people have the same thing Mm -hmm. when they might have a very, very complete different one. And it can be very overwhelming in marketing to think about, oh my God, like, I don't want to exclude anybody. I want to be inclusive. Like, all these things. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that stops people from sharing their own story. Totally. And I was one of those for a long time because I don't want to exclude anybody. I'm the last fucking person on the planet who ever wants to make somebody feel bad. Like I make somebody feel bad and I'm like (laughs) sobbing. I'm like sobbing being like, I am so fucking sorry. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's something I need to work on. Not, not going to lie, but like, you know, it's very easy to get stuck. I don't want to say stuck, but like kind of in that you you get put in, like you end up in freeze mode or paralysis, like analysis paralysis, right. Of like, I don't want to say the Mm -hmm. wrong thing. I don't want to exclude. I don't want to sound dumb. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to be canceled. There's so many things, right. Once we kind of have this awareness, it can turn into like this hyper awareness. And then we're like, fuck, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the most important thing to remember is that your story is your story and it doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's your story. That also doesn't mean that you are better than somebody else or you're not including somebody else. You just need to hold space for those people. You don't need to self-identify. You don't need to have empathy. You can have just sympathy and hold that space Mm -hmm. and have your marketing be inclusive. You know, ever since BLM, like this has been something that shifted where businesses are starting to incorporate more people of color, you know, more different ethnicities, different religions, all these things. And it's beautiful to watch, but it's like, why did it take so long? Oh God, the the forever question. The forever question, but like speaking purely right now as a marketing agency, I'm very conscious of the brands that I create content for, Mm -hmm. specifically the ones that are completely hands-off, much more the brick and mortar type businesses, you know, where you're using some stock photos and stuff like that. I'm very conscientious about including everybody possible on the spectrum. And it's worth, I should have said this in my intro for people who are listening. I am chronically ill. 
with a lot of things. My whole life, I have genetic mm-hmm. malformations. I have mast cell activation syndrome, POTS, Ehlers-Danlos, all these things. Like I said, I come off just like Elizabeth. I'm even in terms of skin tone, I'm like white compared to her, but like (laughs) we're both white, you know, like Mm -hmm. all these things. And like, but I come off as able-bodied. I come off as all these things. I'm not in a wheelchair. I'm not using a cane. I'm not using walking like mobility assistance, like all these things. And, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm better or worse than anybody else. It's just my reality. Right. That's my story. Exactly. But it's important, like I said, to hold space and hold space in your marketing yep. and all these things. And I could keep going about this, but I know, I know. <laughs> so like, okay, yes. Yeah. And, and we totally could, right. Have a whole nother podcast on that too. Seriously. So, I know. Um, so let's tie into like how people can do that, right? Like how mm-hmm. can you hold space in your marketing? Like how can people be more, um, ethically based, integrity based, whatever, right. Inclusive yeah. in their marketing. Yeah. I mean, I think first of all, like I said, it depends on your industry, but overall, like you definitely can. Um, if you are more brick and mortar, again, if you have questions, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. It's at Nina Gibbons underscore. That's it. Um, but like if you're brick and mortar, yeah, that's fine. If you're (laughs) brick and mortar, like, and you're using a lot of stock photos, right? you know, or you're using photos of events you do or whatever, like, you know, that's a very, very easy one where, you know, it it means the world to people to see inclusivity, whether they are technically part of a minority or not. Right. Like people especially want to see themselves. Like that's, you know, it's like, yes, it's like like recently, American girl finally came out with their first doll. That's in a wheelchair. Finally it's 2022. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's like little girls or boys or whoever are seeing that. And they're like, Oh, that's like my friend or, Oh, that's like me. You know, that would have meant so much to me. I mean, again, you know, I don't, I don't talk about this very much anymore, but I had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis as a kid. Mm -hmm. So I was eight years old. And when I had a bad flare up, my, both of my ankles would flare and I couldn't walk. So I was going to school from the age of eight till like 12, maybe once a month or so in a wheelchair, try explaining that to a bunch of nine-year-olds. Oh yeah. Like, you know, like you, you're deemed attention seeking, like totally. all, all these, I went through that myself with Ehlers-Danlos, you know, I have very, very easy injuries and I had to be in a wrist brace. I remember in seventh grade for 10 to 12 months and everybody Ugh. was like, oh, oh, you can imagine. But yeah. again, you know, back to marketing and inclusivity yes, and all that. <laughs> um, so again, it depends on your industry, but you know, it, I don't want to sound superficial. I really don't. I hate this part of marketing. Right. But if we're looking at coaches or service providers or things like that, first of all, the number one most important way you market is by who you are as a person. Yes. hundred percent. That is the number one most important thing. And Mm -hmm. there are so many different ways you can do this, but as long as you are inclusive as yourself, that's going to come off in everything you do. That's the number one, most important thing. The second thing, which I hate, but in terms of pure marketing, it has to be said 
is mm-hmm. you need to have testimony. You're, you cannot basically to summarize it, you can't be whitewashed, right? Your, your, your testimonials can't be whitewashed. Your website can't be whitewashed. And if you are genuinely inclusive as a person, it won't be, and you won't have to worry about it. That's what I hate so much about the marketing standard industry surrounding all these things is that some people are like, Oh, who can we put in like plop in like this? Like, no, fuck that. Like, so, like I said, if you are genuinely inclusive as a person, you don't even have to think about this. It's just right. going it's to be, be part of your business. You're not going to yeah. have to go seek it out. Yeah. And the other thing that I think is important to talk about with marketing, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is your story is your story and you can't change it. You can acknowledge that it's different from everybody else. You can acknowledge yeah. your privilege. You can yeah. acknowledge your experiences. But that doesn't mean you don't share your story. Yeah. And I think that's one very important thing, but it's so important to be inclusive for others as well. Yep. Yep. And I want to piggyback off one and two. One, number one of like, you know, being yourself, you have to know who that is. So if you're like just noticing that you're looking at other people or other Instagram accounts or whatever, and wanting to do X, Y, or Z and like plucking things away from other people and like not having your own (laughs) ideas and stuff. Like that's when you need to step away, take some space and be like, I need to get to know myself. Who the fuck am I? And like, yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to interject or do you want to say two? And then you go back. Let me say two and then I'll come back. And two of like, you know, when you show up as your full self, when you are inclusive, just as as a normal human, regular human, it is going to spill over into your marketing, mm-hmm. into your brand, into your business. And you you will have a diverse range of clients. You will mm-hmm. have worked with lots of different people and businesses and whatever, right? It won't be like a copy paste of basically yourself as all of your clients. I mean, that's pretty much the gist. But also in order for that to really be something that's true and something that is ethical and you are working from an integrity piece like or place, then you also have to be doing your own work in order to create a safer space for people who aren't like you to come into your, you, whatever it is that you do, buy from you, talk to you, have coaching calls with you, whatever, right? Get advice from you, consulting from you. You can't just hope, you can't just say like, I love the gays. <laughs> and then like, all the gays can fly. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, people just think like, well, I have a friend who's a so-and-so or whatever. So I'm, that's, I'm cool. It's like, you have to do more work than that. There is more to, to dive into. There's more to heal. There's more to learn. So go find people of color, women of color, especially, and learn from them, learn from them. Okay. That's my spiel. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I want to go back to number one with the self-discovery piece. Um, that is something. So earlier I mentioned going, coming to my coach that I work with, wanting to like do a new business and like everything. I was originally going to be a self-discovery coach. Oh, okay. Because that's been a huge part of my journey. So my whole life, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. 
So my whole life, I've obviously been a people pleaser. I'm an only child. My family mm. is interesting. <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> um, I'm trying to be like, not call people out here. Mm-hmm. But um, I very much was a parentified child. Mm. And I had to parent so many people as a child. And that doesn't necessarily Mm. just mean my parents. It's people, adults, people I should not have had to. I should have had obviously adults, you know, the roles were reversed for whatever reason, whoever it was, that was my reality growing up in many different ways. And a lot of it were things that aren't necessarily people's fault. Like when I was 14, my mom got hit by a drunk driver as a pedestrian. She's still permanently disabled. But my dad, like I said earlier, was traveling internationally and I was an only child. Mm -hmm. Some like I had to take care of her while she recovered. right? Right. And that's not anybody's fault at all. It just, it is. Right. So, you know, in a lot of ways and everybody I'm sure has different stories of their childhood in their own reality. But again, speaking of my own, I've never really had time to develop who is Nina because as a kid, my grandfather, again, going off all the health issues in case you kept on my family has so many health issues. Like we were taking care of him because he was sick and that wasn't his fault. You know, like, And my mom went back to school and I would go to college with her. And that was so much fun. And there's some of my favorite memories. But again, I wasn't being a kid full. I was, I was on a college campus in class and it was fun in its own different way, but like, you know, like all these things. Right. And it's just, you know, all these things happen. And, you know, if you're a child of narcissists or anything like that, I'm sure you probably really relate to this in your own way, but Personally speaking, I never had a chance to form my own identity, especially in my teenage years, when you really start to begin to form your own identity. I always, between family issues, my own medical issues, everything, like my identity for a really long time was being chronically ill. Yep. I I didn't get get my first, I didn't get my first diagnosis until I was 16. And everybody thought I was a fraud, not my family, but like everybody thought I was a fraud. Everybody thought I was a fake, all these things. Mm -hmm. Right. And so once I got that first diagnosis, I made it my identity because I didn't have anything else. Right. right? And I let it consume me and all these things. And, you know, again, I just, you know, boom, 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 went through like I was getting all the grades. I was doing all the things turned around, went right into college. I went to college to be a physics major. I still technically have to finish my degree. I'm almost done, but that's a whole different story. Like, um, all these things, right. Just boom, boom, boom. Like, you know, just go through the motions, live life nine to five, you know, Mm -hmm. um, all those things like, you know, just work, 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 corporate America, you know, all these things, like, you know, just the typical, like you need a 401k, you, you need a 401k, you need health insurance, you know, you need all these things like, and don't you dare ever try to do it yourself. Somebody needs to give it to you. So you're stable. Right. Right. And that's not necessarily wrong. It's just a different reality. 
Yeah, it's just not necessarily true either. <laughs> so going back to the self-discovery piece, it wasn't really until I was like, I want to say 22, 23, I'm 24 right now. Yes, I know there's some people listening. I'm a baby. I know I'm a baby. Okay. Like that's <laughs> one of the things I always hear. Cause everybody's like, oh, you're so mature for your age. Like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, old soul, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. like, you know, it's been very new discovering who I am. I'm still doing yeah. it. Yeah. And a we'll lot of evolve the- as you evolve. A lot of that self-discovery has quite honestly been through my agency business because I get to be creative. I get to flow. I get to, you know, I, I've learned, I didn't know what my favorite color was. If you ask Joe or my therapist, it took six months to figure out what my favorite color was. (laughs) Like, and and that's, it's blue and it sounds so basic, you know, but like, I would just, I literally didn't even know what my favorite color was, right? Like I was 22, 23 years old and somebody's like, oh, what's your favorite food? And I'm like, I still Uh, don't know, to be honest, because I'm like, love to cook. It's something I got from my dad and I like love all food, but like, you get the point, you know, it's like when you have to do icebreakers, like, oh my God, icebreakers. Like what's your special talent? You know, tell us a fun fact about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth can <twerk. laughs> Yeah. It's like, tell us one fun fact about yourself. And I'm like, I have to go. Bye. Like, yeah, I have no hobbies. <laughs> like, I bye. have no fun facts. That's my fun fact. Yeah. Yeah. I am done. I am out. I have left the building. Goodbye. Like, you know, so it's been, and again, tying this back to business, this whole rant. Um, it's not a rant, but like, this whole tangent, I should say, you know, you can, I firmly believe that you cannot run a business no matter what it is without knowing at least part of who you are. Totally. And life. Yeah. Life is a whole journey of self-discovery, right? Like you're never going to get to a point where you're like, okay, I have completed the task. Like the quest is done. You know, it's like a video game. I'm a huge video game person, but like the, the main quest is done. I have found myself like, no, no, are you kidding? No, because you're yeah. forever <laughs> evolving. I mean, exactly. you know, there won't be a point in life where you're just like the same. And, you know, technically, I guess people probably do run businesses without self-identity, but you're probably not, not you're going to burn out. It's not going to be sustainable. Yeah. 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 And connecting it to that as well. You know, like you need to know yourself, not just what you like, what you don't like and everything, but from learning that you learn what you just said, signs of when you're burning out. signs of when you need to take a step back signs when you're ready to take a step forward signs when you need to rest yeah you know like signs when you need to hire or signs when you need to fire even yeah you know like all of these things come from self-discovery even though it doesn't seem like it you know like My one of my, and this might sound very superficial, but one of my biggest things that I have learned is every morning, the first thing I always do is text Joe. Mm. He texts me every morning because like he, he works um, in a state forest. So he's doing like, you know, environmental restoration, like work outside, all that stuff. So he's there at like six thirty seven in the morning. Right. And he's also in college for his master's, but that's a whole different thing. 
And one of the things I always do every morning is he always texts me like, Hey, good morning, babe. I love you. Like have a good day, you know, whatever. And I always text him back right away. The last two weeks I have not done that. I pick up my phone. As soon as I wake up, I'm answering emails. I'm answering client messages. Mm. I'm doing all these things. That's one of my signs of burning out. Yep. Yep. You know, and and that seems like such a very small thing, but like for me, that's one of my warning signs. Yeah. You got to fill the cup before you deplete the cup. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't have learned that unless I've been on this whole self-discovery journey. Right. And you have to be tapped into your body. So you have to be comfortable and feel safe connecting to your body and being in your body. And I was like, not there for a really long time, which again is a whole other fucking story, but you know, I lived in my head and I had, you know, when I started reconnecting that it's so uncomfortable, but now I can sense those things really fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's so really, I look really at my important. phone in the mornings and if there's like, there might be texts, like my sister wakes up before me somehow, even though I'm the one with the child. So I don't know, but sometimes she'll text me in the mornings or like maybe my mom or like a, a friend or something. And I'll, I'll respond to those as I'm laying in bed. That's cool. But like any, any other notifications, I just ignore until I'm back from walking the dog and I've made my coffee and I have space to sit down Mm -hmm. (sighs) energetically, actual, physically, like an area to sit down, just work from my bed, like first thing in the morning. I don't want to do that. The power three deep breaths hold controlled deep breaths is amazing. Yeah. I will just say that, you know, like just sitting with your cup of coffee. Like you just said, you get back, like just inhale, hold it, exhale. Like just that alone is so powerful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And just setting that intention, you know, I think that that is a big thing. And, and, and again, like a lot of people, like I, myself included will get almost addicted to picking up the phone in the morning and like checking social media, responding to clients, responding to you, like, you know, whatever. And it doesn't necessarily feel in the moment, like it's being detrimental to my well-being. but then throughout the day, I will start, like my energy is depleted so much faster than if I were to just give myself that hour. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's a whole separate podcast. We totally, so now we've got what, like five podcasts lined up. (laughs) Literally, I was about to say like, oh, you know, I'm running the social media marketing schedule for Elizabeth. Now I'm like penciling myself in for the next like six months, but (laughs) it's fine. (laughs) I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But um, seriously, to wrap up a little bit, um, just some helpful marketing things uh, that you guys can do. You know, it really does depend on how evolved your business is, where your income level is, and all of these things. Right. But the number one thing that I can't stress enough is kind of just going off what we were just talking about. Know yourself. Yes. Embody as much, your message. <laughs> as much as you can. And it is okay. If you don't know your message, your message yeah. is always going to fucking change and that's yeah. okay. 
I, people do not speak about that. That's something that's ostracized in marketing. Like Mm -hmm. as though you can't ever change your business. You can't ever pivot. You can't ever do all these things. That's so fucking false. Like like, I could rant about that forever. Like you are, you are a human, you are fluid. You are multidimensional. So is your business. It's going to fucking change and that's okay. You can find new people. You can find new clients. You can find people that fit with you. Don't make your business a box that you're trying to fit yourself into. Mm -hmm. Your business is part of you. And it's important to separate the two, but it's important to recognize that it's also a part of you because people tell you to keep business and personal separate, which is very true but they're not two different things. Like you are your business and your business is you. Yes. And then and you that, get to decide yeah. what personal things you bring to the forefront, of course, because that is exactly question as the business owner, but yeah. you also get to talk about things that are a part of you that are important to you that you might say, this has nothing to do with my business, but it does because you run your business. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, no matter how large of a team you have, no matter like how large anything grows, how many clients you have, all these things, what Elizabeth just said, you run your business at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You are the captain of the ship, even if yeah. you have assistants helping you move the steering wheel. Like, yeah, you have the final call at the end of the day. And yeah. your business, I mean, I tell you now. <laughs> And your business needs to grow as you do. And something else that I also want to briefly mention is you are going to outgrow your team and that's okay. If you don't, that's fucking fantastic. But if you do, that's okay. And expect it. Whether, you know, you're going to outgrow clients, you're going to outgrow your contractors or whoever you hire and that's okay. And that's something to normalize, you know, it's important. Mm -hmm. Don't hold on to something that isn't working. Right. And that's something that's very important, but also going back to other things you can do with marketing yourself. Um, so obviously ideal, as you guys can tell, I'm not your normal marketing agent. Like right. I'm not your normal marketing agency, but I am a huge person on aesthetics, which is a hot take. And that's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, so this is an interesting balance because, you know, People are like, oh, this is something that I really struggle with. Like I said earlier, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a perfectionist. One Mm -hmm. of my mentor's biggest sayings is done is better than perfect. And it's something I tell myself after seven years now, 10 times a day, done is better than perfect, done is better than perfect, (laughs) done is better than perfect, done is better. Like even with my clients, I get caught up so much in the big vision that I'm like, done is better than perfect. Just fucking get something posted. Just do this. Like, you know, and that's also my neurodivergency coming in. But on the flip side, people look at your social media profile for talking about social media and within six seconds decide whether to follow you or not. You Mm got to fucking make it count. So make sure your bio reflects who you are and what you do, but it's not too wordy. Make sure you have a link that you can then talk about yourself in longer form, whether that's to your homepage, a link page you know, like with different links, like things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, first of all, make sure your bio reflects who you are and it's easy to read. Second, make sure your name includes keywords. So like Elizabeth's name, for example, is Elizabeth visibility and confidence mentor. So somebody searches confidence or visibility, 
she's going to come up in that search results because that's her title on Instagram as her Mm -hmm. name. It's not just Elizabeth Salamanca, right? Mm -hmm. That's something important to note as well. Like mine right now is Nina marketing aesthetics. So if somebody searches marketing or aesthetics, it's going to come up as that. Right. Something else to mention as well is try and form as much of a visual brand as you can. And this is always going to change. It's not always going to be perfect. That's okay. But like, if you can figure out a heading font, you like a subheading font, you like, and a body font and a couple colors that goes such a long way compared to other people on Instagram. You know, even if you only spend an hour, even if you spend an hour, right? Like, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's you and it's going to change and that's okay. And that gives you a baseline. So that way, when you're creating graphics or creating things to post or all these things, there's some form of consistency, which is very pleasing to the eye. Yeah. And that's where that aesthetics comes in, but also that energetics, keep in mind, you can be flexible. You can change. You can do all these things, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you're not locked in a box forever, but that's something that's really important to look at. And then something else I also want to mention, I'm like, just giving away, you know, free things. (laughs) it's totally fine. I'm here for it. I love helping people, but make sure that this is like going back to kind of the beginning of this episode, make sure you are really focusing on multifaceted marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure you're not just on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok or LinkedIn or whatever. Make sure you're building your email list. Make sure you are, you know, there are so many different ways to market. Something else I also want to mention is look into guest writing for magazines that are smaller publications. I've always wanted to do that. That's something I sent you a message about. I don't know if you saw it yet, but yeah. So this is something that I'm really diving into recently with my clients. There are tons of smaller publications that love guest writers and you don't have to be somebody with 10 million followers. You can just write in, even if it's, they don't pay you write in because what it does is they publish you, they publish Mm -hmm. your name, they publish your business name, and you're going to come up so much more in Google or search options or whatever. And then you can use that for positioning for yourself as positioning yourself as an expert in your field, because you can then say on your website featured in this, mm-hmm. this, 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 this. And even if people haven't heard of it, oh, they were featured like, in this. Cool. Yeah. You know, so you're not only boosting your SEO, which is search engine optimization, but like, you know, you're establishing credibility and positioning yep. yourself as that expert. So it's something that not a lot of people do and they don't associate that with marketing. Right. Right. But like, you know, it's just small things like that, that you can do, you know, it's harder to get featured on a podcast, but if you submit an article to something that's within your industry, like, and just do that five times or whatever, like, you know, there you go. Yeah. Like that's such a good idea. I love that idea. Yeah. And And also, you know, just as like a final thing to say is don't feel like you have to do every single thing that's out there, right? Figure out what Mm -hmm. you really love to do. What's your strength. And if you're trying to, if you're either just starting out, or maybe you're trying to figure out a way to keep moving forward without burning out, without feeling like, you know, you just want to like burn it all down. For me, I really like long form content 
and I like mm-hmm. video. So I focus on those things. I only post two posts, like like feed posts a week that I write the long form content for. And then I post like my own, I make my own reels. Right. And so when mm-hmm. I hired Nina, when I hired you, I'm like, I mean, what this is anytime I've hired anybody to help me, this has been my long-term goal of like, I just want to create the content, whether that be the video or the reel or the written copy. And I just want to send it to someone and they turn it into a post. And that's what Nina does. I don't yeah, want to yeah. worry about graphics. I don't want to, do, I don't know. I don't want to do the hashtags. Yeah. I don't want to do, I just want to write it and send it off. She kind of yeah. edited, edits it a little bit. She'll add some emojis. She breaks it up. She turns it into social media content or email content or whatever content, right? Yeah. So if you're someone who's like, oh my God, you know, there's so many different things to do. Focus on what is easy and comes naturally for you right now and build from there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, unintentionally plugging myself in a way, but also kind of talking about my process with some things. (laughs) Um, But like just talking about my processing with some things, because I know I'm not a normal marketing agency. So I'm sure that my process is different from other people, you know, like with my clients, all packages depend. So like one of the biggest ways you can save with marketing or hiring somebody is by still writing your own content, writing your own Mm -hmm. copy, because that is one of the most time consuming things with marketing that you, that, you know, you can do. Like I pay my copywriter so much because of things, right? Like, so if you are on a budget, but you want help, consider writing your own copy and finding an agency that's okay with that. Some agencies are not okay with that. They Mm want to have their hands on everything. But to me, I still have my hands on everything because what I do personally is I help my clients develop a schedule. We plan that around any launches, whether you're a coach and you have a program launch or you're a brick and mortar or e-commerce and you have a product launch. Like we plan Mm -hmm. everything so strategically, like, even six months to a year in advance. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I give that schedule. We do the internal branding. We do the external branding. I'm not a branding expert, but obviously I'm in marketing. So I at least know a decent amount about it that I can help. I'm no brand expert, just throwing that out there. But, you know, we look at who are you trying to find? Who are, you know, all these things. And then we start lead generation. Like I have a lead generation assistant who is so good at what she does. I fucking hate lead generation. I'm going to say it right now. I literally hired Emily. Shout out to Emily. I love you. I love all my team. My team is amazing. We are a very special like agency in terms of culture and everything. But like, I literally hired Emily and I'm like, I was a VA for somebody who had me doing lead generation and I hated my life. I hated it. Mm -hmm. And that's something with marketing as well. And business, if you hate doing something, it's going to come off. Totally. Even if, even if you don't mean it to, it's going to come off energetically, just fucking Mm -hmm. outsource it. Like you're going to get better results, all these things. So like, I know I hate lead generation. So one of my first team hires was somebody to do that for me. Yep. Yep. You know, look at your business. What do you hate and mm -hmm. how can you budget someone to come support you? Yeah. And like, you know, like I said, copy is one of the biggest expenses. Try and find an agency. If you're on a budget, that's okay with you writing your own copy and submitting it. Like 
I, like I was saying, I schedule, I create a schedule for my clients. I do monthly hashtag research and maintenance and I, I mean my agency, whether it's me, my team or whatever, like we do monthly hashtag research and maintenance and all these special things. We do industry specific things, you know, graphic creation, real creation. Um, we do real research for clients. Like I send Elizabeth a list of reels and I'm like, what do you think about these? And it's like a step-by-step instruction of here's the audio, here's the inspiration, here's yep. this, here's that. I busted like, those babies out in like 20 minutes yesterday. <laughs> literally, you know, but like, it's still relevant to the industry. It's relevant to everything yeah. that's going on. And help. you, you, you know, it's platform-based, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, all these things. We do LinkedIn marketing. We do website optimization, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Regardless, like find somebody, even if you just bring somebody in to do an audit on your business yeah. and your marketing, and they can give you ideas, like, Take those ideas, but really try to sit with yourself and figure out how can I make this work for myself? Yeah. So, you know, when I was still a one woman show, not that long ago, remember, you know, like, like I said, I didn't have a ton of time to market for my business because I was mainly referral based, but like, really, like I was not making a ton of reels because I knew I didn't have time. And by the time I did, if I batch created my reels, they would be out of date by the time I got around to posting them. Right. Which Mm -hmm. isn't always a bad thing, but I stayed away from video content because I knew I didn't have the bandwidth or the time to do that. Right. So, and I say this to my clients too, a lot is like when they're like, Oh, I really need to be doing reels or I really need whatever. And I just ask them like, how come, like, what, what's the why behind that? And typically it's like, well, that's what I see everyone else doing. That's what so-and-so told me. That's what I keep reading. And I'm like, well, what does your business look like right now? Do you need more Mm -hmm. clients? Like what, what's the, like, if, if they're like, well, I really want to grow my social media. Okay. Why do you want to grow your social media? Well, I want to sell more products. Okay. Do you have the time to make more products? Well, no. Or (laughs) do you have like time in your schedule for new clients? They're like, no. And I'm like, so going viral off a real how will that benefit you or whatever, right? It's like really, again, using that discernment to say, okay, maybe I actually don't quote need or should be doing reels or whatever the thing is, right? Like maybe I can just energetically take that off my plate and be good with where I'm at because I have clients. I am working. I don't have time to do it. And that's okay. Yeah. Right now. And and again, social media is not the only way to get clients. Um, If you are a service provider, if you are a service provider or anything really look into Fiverr, look into service-based websites, things like that, you know, that can be a whole separate thing that I really need to do like my own training on or come back on here and do one on is that social media is not the only way to market and you can get clients without ever posting on social media. But going back to kind of what Elizabeth was saying briefly, you know, we keep saying we're going to wrap it up. I know. Um, (laughs) Sorry guys. (laughs) Um, But you know, it's like, Do you have time to create reels? All these things. It's worth noting. I know somebody who has less than 300 followers that makes 50K months. I also know somebody who has 50,000 followers who makes 3K months. Right. Followers does not mean shit. And engagement is great and important to watch, but also engagement does not mean shit. Personally speaking, I'm a fucking silent stalker. I am a silent stalker. All of my coaches, my current coach that I've been talking about, I've worked with a couple coaches. I also work with a feminine embodiment coach. 
Um, Monica Yates, go follow her. Um, she's amazing. Uh, Mackenzie Conklin is my other coach that I've been talking about. She's great. But um, she, I didn't even follow her when I signed up for one of her programs. My best friend that I mentioned earlier that I was the VA for, she signed up for like a seven, $800 program with her. And I just did because I didn't want to be left out. I didn't even fucking follow her. I didn't know what she did. I didn't know anything. And now I have signed two one-to-one contracts with her. And she is the reason why I am where I am. Other than all the work I've done myself, she's helped facilitate and guide me. Right. Yeah. So like, don't, look at low engage, you know, it's important to look at engagement. Don't get me wrong. Like there's so many sides of marketing, but like base anything off of that. Like I got what two, two likes on my post yesterday or the day before or whatever it was, but I've made more money this month <laughs> than I made in May already. And it's like halfway through the month. Like I've yeah. sold more shit than I did in the last, I don't know, six months over on my 4,500 follower page. Like it doesn't, yeah. I, I think but it's my energetics important. have changed and the way I show up has changed and it, the alignment yeah. has changed. Right. So, yeah, it's also important to note as well that some people, depending on your industry and what you talk about might be afraid to engage, not just because right. of the industry publicly, but marketing, cold calling, cold messaging, cold DMing, all these things, you know, a lot of people do that and people are like, Ew, which again, I, if you fucking work with me, we're never going to do any of that. Like, I hate it. It doesn't work. It's not effective. It's fucking slimy. I hate it. It's a whole thing. But like, people are also afraid to like a business type thing because they're like, oh my God, am I going to get DM'd? Oh my God, am I going to get, am I going to get, oh my God, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's also another reason, you know, we have this whole fear base around marketing of cold messaging and all these things. So don't be afraid if people aren't necessarily engaging with your stuff. It's worth looking into if you're not converting. Right. But don't just look at your engagement and feel like, oh my God, I'm not, it's not working. Nothing's working. Blah, 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 yep. blah, blah. Like, yeah. Mindset yeah. behind marketing is a whole nother thing too. So that's, we're up to like seven, seven podcasts. <laughs> And so, oh my God. wow. Okay. All right. We're going to wrap let, up. Let, let's just wrap up. Yes. Yes. That was, that's amazing. Um, thank you for your time. This was thank really you. fun. And obviously like now you all can get a peek of like what our conversations, interactions are like, <laughs> like we, we can never shut the fuck up. So we're just like in a constant <laughs> state of conversing with one another, <laughs> which is great. I love it. I mean, if you, if, especially if you've worked with me and you're listening, you know, I love a good conversation. So like, that's why I love Voxer because it's just an ongoing conversation. It's just like, we pick up where we left off. Like we can check in with each other anytime. Like I love, 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 love. So anyway, thank you for being here, Nina. I love you. Everyone. If you don't follow Nina, go find her, follow her, DM her, ask her questions. Um, yeah, this makes me feel like we need to collaborate on more things. Yeah. I, I love you so much. You're my favorite. <laughs> Yay. I love being the favorite. Okay. I know you do. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Yeah. I guess we're wrapping up. I don't know. I'm so bad at wrapping stuff up. So I'm just going to say, all right. Bye bitches. <laughs> you'll, you'll link the outro. It's fine. Yes. Adios. I'll link everything. <laughs> bye guys. I'm waving. <laughs>